1: the 236th ever show of all around sports reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend to join the show. The call in number is one 346 9144 or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at iir sports one word Dot com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we'll be joined in the next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. My highlight of the week is the riveting NBA playoffs, highlighted by the Thunder last night, completing the comeback to win three straight games and sending the 67-win Spurs Home for the season or should I say the off-season? a lot of questions coming out of this one will this finally be both the payoff for Durant and Westbrook and the last we see of Duncan and Ginobili uh, It was a fascinating game to watch obviously the Thunder just dominated early on the Spurs uh, no surprise closed in the fourth quarter to make it at least competitive. and uh, But then the Thunder uh, basically won it going away by a dozen or so points. And they're in. They're in against the Golden State Warriors. And, uh, you know, again, a lot to chew on with this series. Uh, let's not forget game one. Thunder won by whatever, 30, 40 points. Or excuse me, the Spurs. Completely crushed the Thunder in game one. And each team, won on the other's home court. Uh, but, you know, all credit to the Thunder on this one. Uh, Durant and Westbrook are two of the top five players in the NBA. Obviously, they're the only two on the same team. So that's a scary proposition right now, uh, especially for the, for the Golden State Warriors, and I'll get to them in a bit. But... Um, so, yeah, and the play underneath, Enos Cantor and Stephen Adams was just really impressive. Dion Waiters coming in off the bench. Uh, just a whole lot to like. Serge Ibaka's been with them for a while. He's a player. And, uh, you know, let's face it, they were known for uh, giving away fourth quarter leads all season long. And and just uh, a lot of people simply thought they had reached their ceiling, period. They are probably going to get beat in this series by the Spurs, who had one of the great seasons of all time. 67 wins. It would have been much more acclaimed had it not been for the Warriors winning a record 73. But I think, uh, yeah, a lot of people just thought, you know, they had reached their ceiling. The key moment of the series probably came when Russell Russell Westbrook admitted after. Uh, Game three, I believe it was, that he had taken too many shots. And from that moment on, he was a different player, and they they were a different team. Uh, He had taken 31 shots, said that was too many, uh, started distributing more, being more of a floor general. uh, And, boy, they just, uh, they have a lot of sense, put it that way. Uh, They won the next three games to beat San Antonio. And San Antonio, I mean, whether you like them, dislike them, whatever, Uh, I think most true basketball fans have a certain level of respect for them. So there was a a tinge of sadness, certainly on my part, having spent a lot of time in San Antonio. So totally getting the, uh, the Spurs thing and what they mean to that city, which is just everything, (laughs) quite frankly. Um, so yeah, uh, everybody gets old while their time undefeated. We hear that every day, it seems, these days. and uh, But, you know, again, I think most basketball fans probably felt a tinge of sadness as they were getting absolutely walloped last night down by 26 and just thinking, you know, it's no way for this team to go out after their careers, especially Duncan Ginobili, to a degree Tony Parker, although he's definitely coming back. Uh, you, you know, but I don't think anybody took a whole lot of joy in, you know, this potentially being Duncan or Ginobili's final game, and, and this would be how they would go out. Um, but, you know, to their credit, they came back, uh, put a little scare in the Thunder in the fourth quarter, closed the gap to about 11 points, I believe, and then the th- Thunder held on from there. But, uh, you know, Tim Duncan, uh, again, like him, dislike him. Most people respect him uh at times looked uh, really as if he had just aged overnight and in a large degree the whole team looked like they just got old overnight um but they uh y- you know they simply uh you know couldn't get it together Tim duncan you know had a better game last night but I think he had like seven points in the series until last night last night he had a thinks, you know, double figures. Uh, So that wasn't fun to watch, but he had a pretty good season. Uh, It's just that he he seemed to, like, again, hit a wall. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, to sum it up, would be that, you know, as we moved along here and started to see some things we simply weren't used to seeing, which was the the Spurs giving up fourth-quarter leads and not being able to close the team that was known for not being able to hold fourth-quarter leads, the Thunder. Uh, that's when I started to say, wow, you know, is San Antonio getting old before our very eyes in the span of literally a week? Um, and that's kind of what I think we uh, we saw happen in the end, generally speaking, at least old for this past week or two, I'm not saying they're through. I'm not saying the dynasty's over. It's still got Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge to, uh, as the next generation. Uh, but you know, it was just fascinating to watch, uh, to say the least. And we'll see we'll see where we go from here. But it was uh, just remarkable television. It really was. And speaking of remarkable television, I think Thunder, if indeed they found themselves. Uh, and are reaching the potential that we always thought was possible with, the again, two of the top five players in the game. That's based on last week's MVP voting, (laughs) Westbrook and Durant. Uh, Them and the Warriors could really uh, put on truly a special series. Uh, The Warriors, just amazing. Can't get enough of them. It's the greatest show on earth, certainly the greatest show in sports, um, I just, you know, all you need to know is I'm staying up till, uh, here on the East Coast till 1, one thirty in the morning to watch their games, period. Uh, them and the player Blazers had simply, uh, you know, the best five game series among the best I've ever seen. It sure didn't look or feel like, uh, the Warriors won four to one. Um, and uh, the, the Blazers for their backcourt of McCollum and, and Lillard is just remarkable to watch, especially paired against the Splash Brothers, Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson. Thompson was huge in the clincher the other night, and Steph Curry, well, you know, just when you think he can't do anything more, amazing things, he scores 17 points in overtime after not playing for three weeks. That's an NBA record, by the way. Stayed up to watch that. One of the greatest things I've ever seen, Ever. In basketball, so that could be special. Uh, my bizarre story of the week is the the poorly played yet compellingly competitive Raptors Heat uh, series. Everybody's complaining that it's just awful basketball, but yet it seems like every game uh, is close, if not overtime. I think they've had two or three already, and uh, so yeah. Again, say what you will. Uh, I'll take competitive over awful basketball anytime. time. Um, I'm finding it interesting. Dwayne Wade has been reborn, uh, and it's just, you know, looks like the Wade of old. So it's just been fascinating, and the storyline with uh, DeRozan and Lowry uh, playing so poorly, uh, yet playing a little better the other night. As they uh, gained a 3-2 lead in the series, uh, they play again tonight. Uh, it's fascinating as well. Uh, but yeah, it has been competitive, But and speaking of competitive, that leads into my low light of the week, which was the two hockey game sevens in the Western Conference the past two nights, uh, which were complete duds, as in non-competitive. Uh, so disappointing. Typically a Game 7 in Stanley Cup playoffs is literally the greatest thing in sports. I was fired up for both for that just very simple reason. I certainly don't have a horse in the game between Nashville, San Jose, St. Louis, and Dallas. But uh, they're Game 7s in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I'm watching. Uh, but this time I wasn't watching very long. They were both complete, utter blowouts. And just really, uh, again, that was my low light of the week because I was really excited. But never fear. Uh, the Pens, Penguins lightning start tonight, and uh, that has the potential to be awesome. Uh, the Pens, of course, beat the Capitals, continuing their uh, sorry postseason history, uh, to put it mildly, that of the Capitals. So uh, we're getting down to, you know conference finals in both hockey and basketball. Good stuff. Uh, It's going to be a fun couple weeks watching that. And lastly, uh, my event that I recently attended was the Army Spring Football Game out at West Point uh, two, two weeks ago, and it was great, and I wrote a story on it for the NFL player engagement website for whom I write. Uh, the website is NFL player engagement, one word.com and sacred ground, nothing like going to West Point. That's all I can say. It was great to go out there for a spring game and a uh, wonderful experience. Few NFL players were out there, uh, and just, a, a, a fantastic atmosphere to put it mildly. So now let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine, so don't go anywhere.
2: Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: Sports and medicine go hand-in-hand.
2: Look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's one 346 9144 or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 346 or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net, and it's that time of the show, and we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, and A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm very well, John. How are you? I'm um, good, thank you. Thank you, as always, for uh, calling in, and uh, how's everything going down there in Alabama? Yeah, the,
4: the heat's upon us, John, the, the temperature's rising, and the... Uh... They've been having some high school spring football, so I'm going to try to touch base with a new coach in, in the locale today, uh, Kenny King. He was a former University of Alabama defense lineman Wyoming, drafted by the Arizona Cardinals and, and played a number of years out there, and he was coaching, but he came back to his alma mater, Daphne High School, I and mean, some people might know it as the alma mater of TJ Yeldon.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. That's great. Uh, well, as we all know, football is a year-round sport, especially in the state of Alabama, correct? All
4: the time, 24-7, 365.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly, well said. Uh, well, before we get into football, which we certainly love to do, I uh, just want to get your thoughts on the NBA playoffs, which uh, you know have been compelling as usual. Uh, what are your thoughts so far?
4: Yeah, John, it's so much fun to watch the Golden State team and Steph Curry. I mean, even without him, they're a pleasure to watch their style of play where they pass, and they're all very skilled where they can make shots. So it's a coach's dream. I mean, you're designing the different schemes and plays. I mean, everyone's available to shoot the ball almost. So it's fun to watch them. And, of course, he, he was magnificent the other night with that Record-setting performance in overtime, and uh, then he start the game over ten or something down, or I, I, you know he's he off to begin with, and and he lit it up for forty at the end. So he, he's unbelievable. So I really enjoy watching Golden State, and um, and last night, of course, it was it was sad to see San Antonio lose. Not that I'm rooting against Oklahoma City, but you you kind of wanted to see Tim Duncan. Get to that next round and see what would happen against Golden State. And, uh, you know, Menno, Ginovelli, and, you know, it's quite a a trio that has has been uh, tremendous for them through the years. So, those those are just some of my thoughts on that side of the playoffs.
1: Well, I love your thoughts because I said in the previous segment, uh, I echoed your sentiments that, like the Spurs or dislike the Spurs, uh, when they were getting crushed last night, uh, but down 26 at one point, I, I certainly had a tinge of sadness, and I, I would think most basketball fans, regardless of whether they like them or not, would have felt you know, were feeling a little sad, just like you know this is no way for this team to go out, uh, especially after a 67 win season that, were not for the Warriors, would have been much more highly acclaimed than it was. Uh, but you know, true to their pedigree. Uh, They did fight back. They closed to, I think, 11 or so in the fourth quarter, put a little scare in the thunder there at the very end, uh, three, four minutes to go. And so, you know, in the end, they did go out, you know, uh, competitively. Uh, But nonetheless, uh, yeah, you know, what will happen with Duncan and Ginobili? And just it was shocking to see. They basically seem to get old before our very eyes, in particular Tim Duncan, all within the past week. From a 40-point or whatever blowout win in game one to what happened, you know, over the past, you know, uh, four games, stunning, to say the least. Uh, you know, but, and again, just as you said perfectly and I said in the first segment, a bit sad. <laughs>
4: Yes, they don't have the endurance to sustain a, a top notch play in a seven game series. And, uh, but, you know, what I most like about San Antonio, was very little theatrics. Correct. The players. And in this day and age, I mean, I don't know why. I just like that vanilla to me. You know, I don't need all the demonstrations in any type of sport. It, you know, people say you're having fun, but I don't like any of the talking and those types of things. I like, like to watch somebody compete at the highest level. And, you know, when you win with class and you and you lose with class, you know, if you win, you're the same as if you lose. You know, people say, you show me a good but I'll show you a loser. I don't subscribe to that at all. I don't subscribe to that at all. You can compete very hard against someone and shake their hand again. The
1: yeah, they literally define professionalism in all of professional sports in my mind they've set the new standard and what i when it really jumped out at me was a couple years ago in miami when they lost that gut-wrenching seven game series after blowing game 6 then of course having the lead in game 7 against lebron and the heat and wade of course and you know when that game was over and given the gut-wrenching aspect of that with Duncan in particular missing a layup or two as we all remember that's gonna haunt him for the rest of that his life he said that himself Uh, but the way he and Popovich in particular and the rest of them all acted immediately on the floor uh, you know on the floor of American Airlines arena as crushed as any team could ever be and yet they were just what you said, just so professional, embracing everybody, congratulating the Heat, on and on. And that's when I really said, wow, this team, yeah, they're special in their own way.
4: Yeah, they personified class, win, lose, or draw. And I think it adds to their legacy. You know, some people say it's a detraction. I mean, but in my mind, it's a plus. It's a, it's
1: a big plus, matter of fact. Huge plus. I mean, I just couldn't agree more. Huge plus. Um, yeah, they just, uh, you know, they've been around for so long. And as you and I have discussed before, I've had the pleasure of spending uh, Christmas, New Year's week in San Antonio uh, four years in a row, just up until a couple of years ago, working at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. And, uh it was just, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time there, for probably the equivalent of a month. Each one was for a week or more. And so I really got to understand, you know, the Spurs thing and what they mean in San Antonio. And, you know, obviously they're the only professional sports franchise there, goes without saying. And just such a point of pride for that city. And, you know, it's, it's a big city, but not that big. And, you know... The, the Spurs you know persona just permeated through that city uh non-stop and you know it was just really really uh fun to be a part of again you know four years in a row in season you know they're playing games that type of thing and it was just really uh uh fun to see you know the love that city has for that team and uh yeah so I I you know The Spurs have always been, uh, you know, on my radar more than just being another team for that very reason.
4: Yeah, I'm sure there's the day where they're going to have the statues outside the arena, if they don't already have them there. They've been there, so I don't know, but I mean, those those statues will be Tim Duncan and probably Popovich, and they'll be the standard bearers forever for that city, And, and just like, you know, something like Bill Russell is for the Celtics, and uh, you know, Guevara and Jerry West for the Lakers, and so that's that'll be something that'll happen in the near future. I I can imagine.
1: Oh yeah, what they win five five time world champions, right? I think you're pretty was. sure. I think it wasn't uh, yeah. certainly four. I'm pretty sure five, but uh, yeah, you, you know it's a lot when you can't keep track, right? <laughs> when you have to. Yes,
4: yes. When you yeah, when you try to rack your brain to remember them all. Yes, you know it's, it's quite
1: a few. Right, and I think their greatest moment, and, you know, this this is not a post-mortem. They're they're not done yet. As I said in the first segment, they have a, you know, next generation foundation and LaMarcus Aldridge and Kawhi Leonard, for sure. And uh, so they're not going away, no matter what happens with uh, the the three elder statesmen, but... uh, yeah. And, you know, I mentioned that Heat series and, you know, as crushing as that was to me, the, the pinnacle of the Spurs dynasty of the last 15 years, without a doubt, was what they did to the Heat the next year in the finals when they put on, you know, they, it was as flamboyant as I've ever seen him play. And it was because yeah, yeah. they put on yeah. the greatest display of passing I've ever seen yeah. Yeah. and they and they absolutely crushed the Heat and LeBron, uh, you know, as the comeback revenge uh, series. And I don't think anybody would disagree that that was, for four or five games, one of the greatest displays of, you know, pure basketball, textbook basketball, ever seen by any one team over, uh, over a series.
4: I'm sure quite a few coaches, John, have that tape. And show that to the players and team as as the the classic example of how, of how to be unselfish and spacing and to, to show them the value of learning how to shoot the basketball.
1: Correct, and making the extra pass. That, of course, is when Kawhi Leonard just burst onto the scene, to say the least. Uh, you know, to the point where you know he was second as in ahead of LeBron James in the MVP voting just concluded last week, uh, where Steph Curry, of course, won. Uh, first player ever to be voted unanimously uh, the MVP. An amazing accomplishment in and of itself, uh, but well-deserved. You, you, who could not have voted for him, period? You'd have to be. yeah, you yeah, have to John, lose your sports I, I writer card.
4: Yeah, I think so. Just to digress for one moment on the Spurs, Sean, uh, you know, they were conferenced, uh, won six conference titles, won five championships. That's that's how consistent they, they just lost that one time. That's how wow. consistent San Antonio was when they got to the, the final
1: uh, uh, series. Yes, and, you know, just before we close for break, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, that was the ultimate shocker because. The statistic you just said shows them to be the ultimate closers. Yet, they couldn't close any of the games here. Well, only one. They, they couldn't close, you know, they only closed one out of the final four games here in this series. Uh, I don't count them winning by 40 as closing it out. <laughs> um, that's just a <laughs> blowout. But, yeah, the, they're the ultimate closers, and suddenly in the past week, we watched them being seemingly unable to close out the Thunder. Would you agree with that? Yeah, correct.
4: A- absolutely. No questions about it, John.
1: Yeah, that was the stunner. Well, uh, good stuff, AP. Still lots more to get to, and uh, let's take our break now, and we'll get to some other topics on the other side.
2: Pacific. Perfect Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel.
3: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at Voice America TRN or Twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN.
1: To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And, A.P., we finished last segment. We started to talk about the Warriors, but, of course, got sidetracked talking about the Spurs. But now that it's a reality and we've got the Thunder versus the Warriors, uh... You know, let's take a let's take a little time and just talk about that uh, again. You know, Steph Curry. Uh, I haven't enjoyed watching a basketball player as much as him since Larry Bird. It's just that simple. I've been giving you know, I'm up until one thirty two in the morning both nights for both games this week, and what he did, uh, you know, shaking off the rust in that fourth quarter, and then seventeen points in overtime. No less than Charles Barkley in the group. And Charles, in particular, said, you know, he said it was the greatest thing he's seen uh, since Shaq, or excuse me, LeBron scored 29 out of 30 points uh, in a conference finals against the Detroit Pistons, a game that I remember well. That at the time was one (laughs) of the most amazing things I've ever seen. But everybody was speechless. Everybody's in agreement, yourself included, I'm sure, that it was just. One of the most remarkable things we've ever seen yet, we've said that probably a half a dozen times this year about Steph Curry, of course, the the half-court shot against the Thunder, speaking of who their opponent's going to be in the conference finals, and on and on and on. It just... Uh, I can't get enough of this guy, and I can't get enough of watching that team, period. Yeah, John,
4: every time I'm watching Steph Curry... I'm thinking, how does he get the ball off? And it's put from, from such a long distance and with accuracy, it just boggles my mind watching him. I'm thinking, everybody studied how he dribbled his release, his motions, his movements, his favorite spots on the court. But time after time after time, uh, he's getting the shot off and, and, and connecting. Uh, I know Jerry West, he always would say, I, I know I can get a shot off at any time. But he was, he was pretty physically gifted. you know, Great jumping ability, quickly. But Steph Curry, he's not high off the ground. He's not physically imposing height-wise. But game after game, uh, sequence after sequence, he's, he's making fabulous plays offensively.
1: Well, exactly right. And what I noticed, just, you know, because we're all so riveted that you're noticing every little thing and every little nuance, but... I thought the other night, again in the wake of being off for two two weeks or so with the knee and the ankle issues, um, his dribbling, his ball handling—not the passes or whatever—just uh, you know the the little shimmies and whatnot he was giving, and the, some of the quick dribbles stuff. I've you know again like we keep saying, I've never seen this before. You know, it was so nuanced where he was just gaining that little bit of separation through his dribbling and, and kind of, you know, footwork. Uh, he did that a couple times, uh, you know, just on the, in the clinch game the other night that, you know, I was picking up on. And, uh, you know, and it, <laughs> as if there isn't enough other attributes, you know, now we're down to the le- – at least I'm down to the level of focusing on, you know, footwork and ball handling. Uh, just to get off that shot, I mean, all he needs is, a, is an inch, it seems, and uh, and if he gets it, you know, he's probably making it, despite, again, some of the rust we've seen. His shooting percentage has not been great the past two weeks, but he's racking up big numbers and having a gigantic impact. So, all the little things, he, he does all the little things. Uh, again, it's just so much fun to watch.
4: Yeah, and then, John, to watch all of his teammates. I mean, when he wasn't there, you know, Craig Thompson. He he came up big time.
1: Yes, uh,
4: with all his offensive points and the way that he's able to shoot the basketball. Uh, and and they're just like uh, like a uh, Rogers and a Stair dance partners, the dance partners out there, <laughs> right. Early in Thompson. I mean, it's amazing to watch. I mean, I know I'm going way back in time, but. Uh, you know, or West and Goodridge, you know, they were a high-scoring duo backcourt as well. I think they, might still, they might still be the highest-scoring backcourt duo, maybe West and Goodridge. I'm not sure, but uh, you don't see it very often, so people should learn to appreciate uh, Thompson and Curry as a backcourt because it's very rare when you have two offensive stars that can manage the game and be partners and, uh, you know, work together very well.
1: Correct, and, and they, you know, they complement each other perfectly. Where, you know, Thompson's is catch and shoot kind of guy, and he's tremendous on defense. And by the way, it, it should be noted that you know, Clay Thompson did not have a great postseason last year. His postseason last year was not as good as his regular season was. Uh, and boy, he, he's playing a lot better this postseason. You know, he, he was the best player in the game the other night with 33 points in the clinch game. It's always a little tough to say that if Steph Curry's on the floor, but I think Steph Curry would be the first to say that, and he was at the press conference afterwards. This was a Clay Thompson game the other night. He's had a few of them, and uh, again, playing great defense. I mean, just Damian Lillard is just spectacular to watch, and just for Clay Thompson to just simply try to keep up with him and keep it, you know somewhat under control, keep him somewhat under control while still, you know, uh, going for 33, that's impressive. So, you know, in many ways, uh, they won 73 games. Obviously, they're an improved team. But now I think they're, you know, an improved team, uh, you know, as we move into the conference finals against the Thunder. And, boy, this could be really something. I mean, after what we've seen from Russell Westbrook, Again, a player so unique, we've never seen anything quite like him before, and the thought of seeing Thompson on Westbrook, I'm assuming, and yet, you know, and Curry as a mick, part of that, you know, and Curry involved as well, uh, and then throw in Durant. uh, We could be in for some really spectacular basketball here these next two weeks.
4: Yeah, those are four offensive superstars. I I don't know if this You know, they better have the lights working out there in the scoreboard in Oklahoma and in Oakland, California, because they're
1: going to light it up. They're going to light it up, exactly. And, oh, by the way, you know, that's exactly what, you know, the Blazers and the Warriors did. They lit it up. Uh, I mean, I was so impressed to see, you know, how both teams were just draining big shot after big shot, many of them threes, a lot of them threes, uh, you know, it was just crazy, and, and, and then, you know, and in the midst of all that, you know, you have on the other side waiting the Cavaliers who, you know, are setting the all-time record in many ways, both, you know, for games, for series, and for the postseason in general for draining threes, you know. So the I, I think we could be in for a special month of basketball, uh, you know, if, uh, the Cavaliers keep doing what they're doing, and there's they haven't lost a game yet. No reason to believe they will <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> no, you, know. No. Uh, gonna gonna be, you know, it's going to be fun. It's going to be you know it's already a lot of fun. I I think the you know as, as should happen. It's the best is yet to come.
4: Yeah, John, when you're watching these games. I, I'm just amazed at these players. I mean, they're not at the three-point line. They're five Correct. feet away. And, uh, it, you know, most of the time, when, when the first started that three-point line, everybody's trying to inch in, get right to the very, you know, right. tiptoes near near the paint. Exactly. And now, they, it doesn't matter, five, six, seven feet, past the line, there's just heat the ball, and it's going
1: in. They're literally doing step-back jumpers from five feet beyond the line. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's remarkable to watch. <laughs> yeah. And I've yeah. it's funny to say that, because I found myself thinking the other night at the height of the Mc the Warriors and Blazers exchanging threes the other night. It feels a little bit, and this is all part, this is the Steph Curry effect. Like we've reached a a bit of a new level in basketball shooting in general, because it's not just Steph. Obviously he's the, the leader of the band, but, you know, Damian Lillard and others are doing similar things, which again, is pretty unheard of. The same way it was unheard of two years ago when Steph really burst on the scene, doing this, you know, routinely, you know, draining thirty-five footers.
4: Yeah, I mean that's that's in quite a few repertoires around the league, and and then you have these point guards. Like, you know, West, Westbrook. He he drives with such authority and power. It, right. They're almost unstoppable. I mean, if you don't get in their way, the first few dribbles. It's
1: over. Speed. He, 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 again, is, you know, he's looking at this moment like literally like the fastest guy who's ever played basketball. You know, and I know that's a bit of an overstatement, but, you know, for someone his size, again, when I think fast, I instantly think of people like Nate Archibald, mugsy Bogues, you know, small guys yeah. who had the Jets, Kenny the Jet, and, you know, Kenny the Jet Smith is right. an example. But now this guy—I mean, he's not only is he unbelievably fast and speed, but the power, the athleticism. Again, he looks like someone that we, like we've never seen before.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's a different.
1: It's not your granddaddy's point guard. Let's put it that way. Exactly right. <laughs> and in the end, you know, you said the key word there, AP point guard. I mean. You know, to me, I said in the first segment, the key moment of this series was the post-game press conference (laughs) after game uh, two or three, uh, whatever it was. And he said, you know, I shot too much. He was, you know, taking the blame. He shot 31 times. Uh, They had lost. And, you know, a lot of people were just thinking, you know, myself included, same old Thunder, you know, can't close in the fourth quarter. And they haven't lost since he made that statement. It's all you need to know. <laughs> so, he continues, you know, he, he turned into a point guard in addition to all his other scoring attributes and uh, distributed, and again, they won three straight. What else can you say?
4: Right, right. You yeah, that's always the concern with Oklahoma is if enough people will get touches besides himself. And, uh, you know, Durant, I mean, this is... This could be an unbelievable series if Durant is able to, and, and Oklahoma can, can beat Golden State and, and go on to a title. Because to beat the defending champion and, and the MVP, unanimous MVP, that would be a spectacular uh, piece of his resume.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I think we can agree on one thing for sure as we head into the break here. Golden State has their work cut out for them. They're going to have their hands full with Oklahoma City, and if they beat them, And Cleveland wins, and I think we all believe that will happen, (laughs) no matter who they play in the conference finals. Uh, You know, LeBron coming for revenge from last year, still trying to bring that delusive championship back to Cleveland combined with, you know, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love actually playing in this year's finals. That could be spectacular to watch as well. So... Uh, could be a fun month of basketball. Could be memorable, like all-timer memorable. Yeah, I think so. I think we're people
4: who, who enjoy the NBA and enjoy scoring,
1: they're going to love this series between Oklahoma and Golden State. Correct. And, and oh, by the way, uh, you're, it's probably going to be Toronto, but if it would end up being Miami, that 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 would be interesting too, LeBron versus Miami in a playoff series. So. Uh, We shall see, but it's going to be fun. And uh, a couple topics we still want to get to, uh, which we'll do on the other side of this break.
4: Your internet flagship station for sports.
0: Voice America Sports.
3: visit the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in host jd harris and ray austin are here to lead the forum from the fans former players owners execs and coaches while inside the man cave you do whatever you like we won't judge we'll even go beyond sports to talk technology current events and entertainment Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN.
0: You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show.
1: Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing is the Players' Championship down in Pontevedra, often called the fifth major. Uh, Jason Day, spectacular round yesterday to take the lead. Uh, Rory McIlroy on fire this morning, so we got some big names. And always a fun one, especially with the... uh, 17th hole, the Island Green, looming out there at the end of every round. So uh, should be fun. And AP, uh, I know we have uh, – you and I love golf. and uh, So, yeah, it's, it's good as we start to get into the swing of the golf season, huh? Oh, yeah, it's always nice to get on the golf course
4: and watch those guys compete. And, you know, it's just a lot of fun, especially on Sunday when those – those matches are tight, you know, those tournaments are tight, and that's what I like to watch, you know, those last,
1: let's say, you know, nine holes and you're going back and forth. Well, Rory McIlroy is being interviewed as we speak on the Golf Channel. I was right. He went low, 64, eight under for the day, following on Jason Day, 63 yesterday. So they keep this up. It's going to live up to my pick of the weekend for appointment viewing, right? (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I love it. Big names playing well—that's what it comes down to. Uh, well, AP, talk about big names. Our favorite conference is one of them—is the, of course, American Athletic Conference. And uh, in their short existence, I think it's easy to say that the greatest player ever is Keenan Reynolds from Navy. Just graduated and set the all-time NCAA record touchdowns, uh, quite the accomplishment. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned there's some big news concerning Keenan just came out.
4: Yeah, John, he, he, of course, graduated from the Naval Academy, and they have the five-year commitment to serve. Well, he received permission from the Secretary of the Navy, Ray Mavis, that he can play with the NFL, so he, he'll he probably you know has a good chance to make the Baltimore Ravens as a running back or wide receiver, so This for Keenan, he's going to have a chance to continue his
1: his football career. I love it. I love it. One of the most exciting players in the history of college football. Also, I had the pleasure to interview him last August at the American Athletic Conference Football Media Day in Newport, Rhode Island, one on one uh, with Keenan Reynolds. And, you know, I've said this before, I'll say it again. You know, as a As we're having the interview, I'm thinking to myself, this guy could be the President of the United States someday, period. (laughs) I can't say it any better than that as to how impressive (laughs) he was. You know?
4: Yes, yes. There's nothing. uh, You know, he he has that personality and uh, the academic background and athletically people like to see their sports heroes uh, succeed. Yes, he could be a a figure in
1: politics down the road exactly right uh, the total package and I love it you know I, I I'm always a little confused even though I follow it closely as to you know how exactly it's determined who you know I know there were some players uh, I know a linebacker I believe from army just a few years ago was playing for the Lions but then he was called back to complete his service so I'm always a little confused as to exactly how it all works but I'm glad he's playing. I, I can't help but wonder if the fact that he is, you know, playing for the Ravens in the shadow, literally the shadow of, you know, not not only Annapolis, where he graduated from, but also Washington, D.C., could somehow play a role in that, like, he, he's able to, you know, and I, you know, I'm sure he'll be able to recruit for the Navy. I think I read that quote somewhere. Um, I wonder if that just simply plays a role. I, I, I don't know. John, I, I, I think so. I believe so. I mean,
4: he's, he's a great example for young fellows that are looking for a place to continue their education in a, athletics. So, why not let, let him perform and, and be a draw for the Naval Academy and, and all the academies?
1: Correct. I, I, again, he geographically, he's in the perfect spot. He's literally halfway between Annapolis and D.C., <laughs> literally. <laughs> Playing for being drafted by the Ravens, and uh, you know, I've always been a big believer in that. Yeah, in other words, what's the most positive impact they could make? These uh, you know, academy players who are good enough to play in the NFL, and to me, it's always you know, using the NFL as a platform to speak for the branch of the service that they're in. It's I, I, so I, I wholeheartedly support the decision, to put it mildly. Um, But, you know, and just sticking with college football, as we love to do, uh, we just have a few minutes here. Satellite camps. uh, Invented by Michigan. (laughs) Coach Jim Harbaugh. uh, Michigan is basically trademarking it. Uh, You had a great uh, list of all the camps. It's mind-boggling.
4: Yeah, John, I mean, not only is he delving into the southeast, I mean, Alabama and Georgia and Florida, Texas, he's going out to the west coast. He, he's going to a different continent, you know, uh, Samoa and,
1: uh, was it Australia, right? Australia, exactly. So, Australia, I, halfway I mean, across the world.
4: I, I mean, John, who would ever have conceived the University of Michigan? running football
1: camps in Samoa and Australia. I, I know. I know. And that's just literally news that is hot off the presses. Uh, yeah, I mean, Australia suddenly has, you know, seems to be sending kickers and former rugby players who are a little crazy into <laughs> the NFL. And then uh, American Samoa. <laughs> you know, I think you uh, no disrespect intended. Uh, I mean, it takes one to know one. So Jim Harbaugh, right. who we all thinks a little <laughs> crazy, in a good way. I li- I love the guy. I really do. Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah.
1: yeah. He's going to do, do well do. in Australia dealing with, uh, uh, you know, trying to find maybe some crazy people out there that can play in the NFL. Oh,
4: oh yeah. He, he's, he's a character, and, and they have Her. quite a few. I've never been there, but, I you know, the few I've ever been around, Correct. there'll be a match made in heaven.
1: That's exactly <laughs> right. I can see Jim Harbaugh in Australia being quite the fit and american samoa i mean you know i'll start with troy palomalu and take it from there he's of american Samoan heritage but you know their football culture is legendary and they have sent countless not just a few countless players to the nfl not to mention college many have played for west coast teams for obvious reasons usc and utah and on and on and on uh Again, what a smart move! That is just, uh, you, you know, that's, that's the place you got to go. I mean, yeah, John.
4: Whatever measuring statistic is, is used by the NFL and college football, I think that they are the number one uh, ethnicity that produces football players.
1: Believe it or exactly. not, exactly. Like the greatest percentage or whatever, I totally agree. I don't, yeah, even have I to don't look know that the
4: exact up. figure, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's truly in their blood, and they're huge. Many of them are gigantic, Um, and, yeah, it just is this evolving process that, you know, continues on and on. Tradition. Um, So, yeah, I love it. Uh, You know, the list you sent, we're talking 2025 locations easily that the Michigan tour is going to go on, correct? At least,
4: Oh, yeah, I think it's in the neighborhood of 27, almost close to 30,
1: Jim. Yeah, I'm looking right at the list. Um, it's amazing. Uh, you know, it's it's everywhere. Connecticut, as in Northeast, obviously the South, the West, everywhere. You know, not to mention Australia and whatnot, so it is going to be great. Um Again, you and I have been huge supporters of satellite camps. And to me, uh, you know, he's wasted no time, Harbaugh, in taking it to a level that was unimaginable literally a week or two ago.
4: Yeah, John, and not only is he around the, the world, some of them are strategically placed. He's at the high school of the number one running back in number one player in, in, in the country next year, Antioch High School, and Najee Harris is running back there. The one in Connecticut is a top receiver that Michigan is pursuing as well. So he's just not in a state. He, he's at the actual high school of some of the top players.
1: <laughs> he's a smart man. And uh, on that note, AP, thank you for all your input today and expertise. Uh, we appreciate you joining the show, as always, every week.
4: Oh, it's my pleasure, John.
1: Thanks again, and as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.